0: Hi all and welcome along to a new episode of Flannier on the Streets This week I want to continue the theme of zines and particularly about how I went about making my own verse scene. Back in the summer I found a thread on the Talk Photography forum's website where there was a group of people looking to make a zine for over the next six months And the idea was that you would find your subject and then go out shoot whatever you needed to shoot. And at the end of the six months, which was, I think, the end of October, um, you would commit to producing a scene and then sharing it amongst the people within that group. And originally, I think there was, I don't know, maybe 20 people. But by the time we got to the end of the six months, there was... Nine people committed to actually producing something, and I was one of them. So we then looked to get the zines printed, and then basically just a zine swap between the nine of us. For my part, I'd already started on a little project of photographing uh, an abandoned Victorian cemetery, um, quite local to where I live. And this cemetery is known as Nunhead Cemetery. It's also one of the Magnificent Seven, which were built around the outskirts of London in the uh, mid-1800s. And a little bit of history is that in 1800, London had a population of roughly a million people. But by 1850, this had increased to over 2 million people. And with such rapid growth, there was a lack of burial spaces because mostly burials were done in parish churches, and these started to become overcrowded. So, in eighteen thirty, in early eighteen thirties, Parliament passed a bill um, for a chain of private cemeteries to be built on the outskirts of London, and seven cemeteries were built and opened between 1832 and 1841, with Nunhead being one of these. Although Nunhead is not one of the more famous ones, um, the more famous ones are places like uh, Highgate and Brompton. It is actually the second largest after Kensal Green. Now when these cemeteries were first built, they were built, actually outside London but over the years with the urban spread they are all now within London boroughs. By the early 20th century most of these cemeteries were actually full and because they were privately owned they were not making money for the companies so either the companies decided to just abandon them or the companies actually went bankrupt which meant that these cemeteries were just left and with no groundskeepers to keep the cemeteries in check nature started to take back over so trees started to actually grow through the graves and also start to um, just take over everywhere within the cemetery grounds Um, also with Nunhead during World War Two, the railings and gates that kept people out were taken down for the war effort so that meant it was much easier for people to actually climb over and get in and this is how a lot of the memorials and things were actually vandalised. In 1975 Southwark Council actually bought the cemetery and with the help of a volunteer group called Friends of Nunhead Cemetery they managed to restore some of the monuments and by 2001 the actual cemetery was reopened again but more as a nature reserve and nowadays it's used by dog walkers and joggers and people like that Um, apparently there are within the cemetery although I've not actually seen or heard any on the three or four visits that I've been to to photograph it so that's the brief history lesson the main reason why I was photographing over there was that I just needed somewhere to be able to go out and photograph because with the pandemic still knocking about and not really wanting to go into London too much mainly because One, the pandemic, and two, people were still not in town. People were still working from home. So there wasn't really much to photograph. And other places in my local area, like Greenwich Park, I'd been over there shooting and done a lot of stuff over there. So I needed to find somewhere new. And luckily, Nunhead Cemetery was one of these places. And like I said, I'd done, I think, about four trips over there but it wasn't just Nunhead that I was going to because I eventually ended up going to four of the actual Magnificent Seven cemeteries which were Highgate, Abney Park and Tower Hamlets but after seeing about the zine swap I decided that I would concentrate on photographing within Nunhead Cemetery and for this I decided to keep it pretty simple so basically I just shot with my Olympus OM10 a 28mm lens and a combination of HP5 and Raleigh infrared 400 i didn't actually shoot in infrared i just shot it as uh, straightforward black and white to begin with i didn't know exactly what i was looking to shoot or how i was looking to shoot things but over the course of the few visits that i made there i decided that i wanted to show the more melancholy side of it i mean i know cemeteries are pretty melancholic anyway but i wanted to show the way that, that some of the monuments had been destroyed and ruined and also the way that nature had actually taken back over the cemetery because there are areas where you can just make out headstones but they're covered in mosses and ivy or even where the trees have actually grown up through the parts of the actual grave. So it was that kind of thing that I was hoping to capture. Um, Overall I think I shot, I don't know, about four or five rolls there. Um, So that give me quite a good number of images that I could work through. So yeah, that was the actual shooting of it. And after the break I shall continue talking about how I put the zine together. (laughs) So this is not the first time that I've actually put a zine together, but it's the first time that I was doing one to actually give out to other people. The ones I've done in the past have mainly just been for me, where I've got a collection of pictures, and instead of printing each one as a single print, I decided to just get it done as a a one-off little book. So they were always a little bit rough and ready, but this time, obviously, I knew I need to try and make something that was half decent at least and the software that I was using to put this together was actually free software because why buy something if you're only going to use it the once and the software was called um, Scribus and it's not the most easiest program to use but once you kind of get your head around it it's not too bad and you once you set up sort of a template for making the zine it's pretty straightforward you can just drop your pictures and any text that you want into it because of the subject matter I decided that I wanted to sort of make it a bit gothic so obviously I went with a Gothic font on the front cover for the title and also for the title I called it Mori, which is Latin for we all must die or we all shall die. So it, the translation is not always quite clear. But yeah, so that was that. And because it was a Victorian cemetery I wanted to also give it a more Victorian feel and obviously because of people like Queen Victoria who was in mourning for 50 years or whatever, I can't remember exactly the time but I decided to go with a completely black book so black cover and black borders around the actual images. Now the images themselves, obviously there were some that were landscape and some that were portrait obviously the portrait ones were quite easy to just fit on a single page but the landscape ones I tried a couple of times to get the image to go over two pages and I always found that the images never lined up where they crossed over the two pages so for me to make it easier was basically what I'd done was I reduced the pictures down so the landscape ones ended up being two images to an A5 page and tried to um, sequence them that they fitted together so you'd get four across an A4 spread it did take me quite a while to get the actual sequencing as I would like it and I'm still not sure whether it fully worked but I went with what I thought was right I also added um, some text in there just to give some context of what the images were and what people were actually seeing. In the end I ended up with I think it was about 25 pictures over 28 pages and then it was time to send it off to the printers now I sent it off to Mixum which it seems to be the favourite printers for most scene makers nowadays and I wasn't really sure what sort of stock I wanted it on Um, so before I actually sent it off I got a swatch book from them and after a few scenes that I'd also seen and quite liked the way they were laid out I decided to go with it was like a 250 gram gloss cover and I think it was 150 uncoated for the inner pages, I didn't want the inner pages to look shiny so it's just like a a normal bond type paper and also with the cover I decided to go with a soft touch laminate which in hindsight was probably not the best because with it being black and um, this soft touch it does seem to mark quite a lot And it's probably not something that I would go for, again, if I was to do a similar thing. The other thing with Mixum is the the way their price structure is. Now, obviously, I only needed eight to send out to the rest of the the group. And maybe one or two for myself. So probably, you know, if, say, twelve... The way you mix and work is that the cost of twelve is exactly the same as the cost for twenty-five, I think. Um it's all within the same price range. So I actually went and ordered twenty-five. As this just seemed to be a more sensible way of costing for the actual zines. So once the eight were giving out to the group it did leave me with a few overs and I was wondering how I could get rid of them basically. Um, I have sent out a few to people I know and who have sent me scenes in the past so just to sort of reciprocate that and return scenes to them I've also managed to do some swaps with people who were willing to do swaps so that's been pretty good and I've also managed to sell um, a few which were put up on my Etsy site and I still have a few left so this is kind of the plug but if anyone's interested in getting a copy they can purchase it from my Etsy site or if you have a zine and you're interested in doing a swap I'm quite happy to do that as well, Um, you know, because I do collect zines and I'm always on the lookout for new ones by different people, but like I say, if you're interested in actually buying one, I'll leave the link for my Etsy site in the show notes. Overall, this was a pretty good experience putting this zine together and Having an actual collection of images in one place, you know, rather than just having them printed as single prints. Um, Obviously, the subject matter some people might think is a bit strange, but I thought it was um, quite good, something different anyway. On to the zines that I received from the group. They were uh, a mixed bag of ideas, um, stuff from Brutalist architecture in Manchester to the old um, cotton mills up in Bolton to images taken as a passenger in a car going along the streets and motorways um, where they live to Martin Parr's old stomping ground of New Brighton Overall I would really enjoyed being part of this group and getting the scenes done or getting my zine done and then seeing... Uh, the ideas that other people came up with. The group have started a new one which this time will run for a whole year from January to, I think, October or November possibly. Um, I will probably join in with it again but I'm not 100% sure because that is a long time and when I work on projects, mine tend to be short and sharp. I like to get them done within a few weeks but I suppose I could... Work on maybe two or three and then decide which one would be the better one to actually make a zine out of. But if uh, anyone who's listening to this is interested in joining something like this, pop on over to the talk photography forums and if you type in zines, um, sure it'll pop up in the search engine and you'll see the previous groups and what new ones they're... Um, looking to do for next year around about two years ago I was looking to get into medium format and at the time I was looking at Bronicas and obviously a Bronica is like a 6 by 4 5 so you get that sort of 35mm ratio aspect you know, which is 3-2 I think is and this would give you a landscape type image and I always wondered how you would um, shoot portrait with that especially if you're using a waste level finder not that I've ever really looked into it because I did start saving up to buy a Bronica and by the time I'd actually saved up enough to get it, the prices had had skyrocketed for some reason. Um, It seemed, you know, sort of two years ago, Bronikas were, you know, fairly, I wouldn't say cheap, but they they were in a price range that was, you know, reasonable that I could afford. But like I say, by the time I'd saved up to buy it, they'd they'd probably gone up by over £200. Um, So that was always put on the back burner, basically. And last October, or October just gone, shooting um, for Holger week I really enjoyed shooting the medium format again but obviously in a Holger you know you kind of get what you get and sometimes it's not particularly good sometimes it is but it got me interested again in looking for a medium format camera so I started to kind of look and I think shooting 35mm has always made it that I was never really that comfortable shooting a square format, you know, 6x6. Six six. But then, like I say, shooting with the Holger kind of changed my mind a little bit. So I started to look at 6x6 six six, uh, medium format cameras that were out there and, you know, what fit within the price range that I could afford. And kind of looked at some of the Rollies and uh, Yoshika mats. And you know some of them did fit within the price range but i kind of denied about them and then they get sold but anyway getting back more back onto the point is I actually picked up a Yashica mat 124g and oh, I'm amazed at it to be perfectly honest it's it looks like it's brand new um, it looks like it's never been used. It's so clean. I'm running a roll of film through it at the moment. I've got a test roll. I haven't quite finished it yet, but hopefully, the images that come out of it are going to be really good. And I'm going to be shooting more medium format and you know decent stuff, not just the Holger, holgery stuff. So yeah, so that's something new that's come into uh, my possession over the last week or so and I'm really looking forward to seeing what I can produce using this camera Um, it's it's going to be a steep learning curve because I've never shot TLRs before so yeah stay tuned and I'll let you know how I get on one final bit of news is that I've set up a photo walk for in the new year it's going to be happening on the 8th of January which is a Mm -hmm. Saturday and the idea is to meet up at London Bridge near the Shard, and then we're going to walk down through Borough Market, um, up along the Thames to the Millennium Bridge, then cross over there into the city, have a wander around some of the alleyways in and around the city, and then down to Tower Hill and into a pub, hopefully, All the information for this can actually be found on the photowalk.me site. Um, You do need to sign up for it, but it's just a matter of putting your name forward. And the only reason for that is, is so I've got an idea of numbers. I have set it as a limit of 20 people, which I think is more than... will probably actually turn up... But, yeah, um, if you'd like to come along, or you're in the London area on that day, it'd be great to see everybody and be able to walk off that Christmas turkey and Christmas pudding. Now, there is one caveat to this, obviously, that we don't know what's going to happen with this new variant of the coronavirus in the next few weeks. So, it could be that this gets cancelled, I'm hoping it won't, I'm hoping it'll still be able to go ahead, but if you do sign up on the photowalk.me site, any information that you need to know, I will post there. Um, Like I say, I'm hoping things will be okay and we'll be able to go ahead with it, but if not, and if it does have to be cancelled, I will post it there, I will also post it on my Instagram feed. Um Just so people do know, but yeah, it'd be nice for to see some people come along um I think we've already had some a few sign ups for it, but yeah, like I say, if you're in the area and you fancy a walk that day, come along well, okay, then I think that's it for this episode. Thanks for listening um everything i've spoke about in this podcast, you can see links and stuff in the show notes. As usual, I can be contacted through my Instagram, which is Flannia on the Streets. Also, you can contact me through the Anchor app through voice message. Although I'm not sure anyone actually uses that anymore. Um, yeah, so that's it. Um, I'll just wish everyone a Merry Christmas, because I don't imagine there'll be anything else coming out this side of the new year. But Yeah, thanks for listening. Hope you all have a good time at Christmas. And see you in the new year. Bye for now. Oh, and one added extra. Thanks to Mike Gutterman for the use of some of his music in this episode. Cheers, Mike.